That's Phil. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, everyone. This is Tanisha Baker welcoming you to the show designed with you in mind. The place to go to stay in the know, you're talking with T. It's December 14th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with basketball player Anthony Mason and Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis was the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy in 1961. Today in history, in 1972, Johnny Rogers was awarded the Heisman Trophy. Also, in 1968 on this date, the Spingarn Medal was awarded to Sammy Davis Jr. Remember last week, I shared that the Spingarn Award is granted annually by the NAACP for outstanding achievement by an African American. On this date in 1799, George Washington freed his slaves according to his last will and testament. Today on the national calendar is celebrated as National Monkey Day. Tomorrow is National Cupcake Day and also National Bill of Rights Day. Don't forget that this upcoming Friday is National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day, which always occurs on the third Friday in December. If you participate, please, please share a photo with me on Facebook or Twitter. So we'll continue with our theme for the month, Dare to Dream Big in December. Don't follow your dreams, chase them. Hurry towards your destiny. Actions turn dreams into reality. If you don't work on your own dreams, you'll spend the rest of your life working for someone who did. Spend time building your own dreams instead of someone else's. I encourage you to plan, prepare, and pursue your passions. You have this one life. Make the most of it. As we head toward our trending news for today, Please note that some of my interviews and conversations are done by phone, and for some reason this week we seem to have a little feedback. However, the conversation was so good that I proceeded to share it with you anyway, so please excuse any technical difficulties and enjoy this upcoming conversation for Trending News. Now it's time to review Trending News Jay's way. Welcome back, Jay. What's going on, Tanisha? Oh, not a lot and everything. Uh, you know, the first story I want to discuss is Supreme Court Justice Scalia and his recent comments about black students. He stated that they may do better in, quote, a slower track school rather than more competitive colleges. And, you know, Jay, I took great offense to this. My cousin, just, yeah, my cousin just graduated Saturday from both Morehouse and Georgia Tech with a dual degree in mechanical engineering and physics. And, well, go ahead then. Oh, yeah, my cousin. Let me get, just give him a shout-out while we're on the subject. His name is Christopher Holloway, Jr., and I am so proud of him. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Good looking out, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, but get, let's get back to this Scalia man. Now, he's quoted in saying that there are those who contend that it does not benefit African-Americans to get them into the University of Texas where they do not do well, as opposed to having them to go to a less advanced, a slower track school where they do do well. It didn't take long for the critics to take aim at him. And keep in mind now that a Supreme Court justice is a lifetime appointment. 
So they're saying that Scalia needs to recuse himself from this uh, case involving Abigail Fisher. And, um, you know, that's pretty much left up to his discretion. And with him being as old and as ancient as he is and as stuck in his ways as he is, I don't see him uh, taking himself off of this case. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And, and, and like you, I took offense to it, too, because um, as a graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, go balls. Um, I was often a lot of times the only black person in a lot of my major classes graduating with a uh, Bachelor of Arts degree in English. So uh, I had to represent for us in a predominantly uh, white institution in a predominantly white subject area. So, and quite frankly, I think I did pretty darn good. Well, I know you did. (laughs) Even Donald Trump, of all people, said that his comments went too far. Now, I also got to throw in this because I read an article that Donald Trump thinks that Clarence Thomas is his favorite member of the high court. So I'm going to sit that right there on you. You know what? You know <laughs> what? You, that is that is side-eye worthy because as soon uh, as Donald Trump started Sounding all of his madness with Scalia, talking all of his noise. I, in my mind immediately went to Clarence Thomas, and I said, now surely there has to be a Clarence Thomas connection in here somewhere. And lo and behold, Donald Trump says that Clarence Thomas is his favorite Supreme Court justice. So saying, Donald Trump has been showing out ever since, you know, he got on the campaign trail. It just seems like he gets more and more ridiculous as each day goes by. I don't know whether it's the wind blowing his comb over over too far or what. He, he is just showing out sideways. I mean, the man is talking about banning all Muslims from the United States. Come on now. I mean, honestly, that is not even feasible. What we need to do is we need to put his... Oh, watch, watch your mouth, Jay. Watch your mouth. Can't watch your mouth. Put, put him out of the United States. You know what? That gets my vote. Because I said, who's next? The Baptist? Right. I mean, seriously. Put all the Muslims out of the United States. What is he going to come up with next? Let's say he he comes up with something stupid. And it's to the point now where he just really can't be serious. And the whole presidential race as a whole, at least from the Republican aspect of it, is becoming a great big comedy show. Right, right. Can't take Donald Trump seriously. I'm over here side-eyeing Ben Carson. I'm, I'm pretty sure that other people, you know, have their opinions on him. But I, I've been hitting Ben Carson with the side-eye for quite a while now. Right. You're not, you're not the only one. And you know what? We're going to do a whole rundown on the political candidates. I'm just waiting until after this next debate. And then we're going to dedicate a whole show to uh, the candidates and their shenanigans, for lack of a better word. Because it is some shenanigans now. Yeah, but let let me, because this is what I'm going to do. I got all the articles. I got the one about Scalia, Donald Trump, Clarence Thomas, and I'm going to post all of those on the webpage so that the listeners can kind of weed through those and gather that information. But there's one thing I want to leave you with as far as this goes. I think there are two implications here. Because I generally have found out that an opinion isn't lonely. That is generally shared among a lot of other people. So there's some danger in that. He's probably not the only one that feels that way. 
But the two implications that I took from that was one, that black students can't do well in prestigious universities or mainstream universities per se. And the other, which I haven't heard mention of, is that some of our HBCUs aren't of the caliber of quality as other universities. So he's saying the colleges that we are going to are slower track or more suited, you know, so to speak. And in my opinion, that's saying that they, they don't produce the same quality education. I'd be interested to hear what a lot of HBCU grads have to say about that because uh, knowing people who have come out of Morehouse and Spelman uh, and other HBCUs, they will tell you that their education was just as rigorous, if not more rigorous, than those of us who went to predominantly white institutions because the professors definitely held them to a much higher standard. Oh, I can attest to that. You know, I'm a graduate of Florida A&M in actuarial science. And let me tell you, that was not a joke. There was no heyday in playing around um, at FAMU when it came to academics. Now, I had a good time. Don't get me wrong. But we were really encouraged to stay on top of our studies. And you're right. The professors held us to a high standard as far as producing quality, educated African-Americans and others that have attended the university. And then I'm also a graduate of the University of Tennessee. And so like you, I know what it's like to be a minority in a majority in a classroom setting at a predominantly white university. So I saw both worlds. But I think that's why I kind of took, you know, offense. And back to what you said, if you asked anybody who's attended the HBCU, we definitely feel that we've received a quality education. And you'll see a lot of successful um, people out there that have gained their education that way. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But look, on a related note, um, I was looking at an article about a Tennessee student who was put in jail for sagging pants. You know, we just got to be talking about expectations for college students. Um, there was a Tennessee high school student in Hardeman County up the road from me who had to serve 48 hours in jail for sagging his pants. Uh, and the school resource officer charged him for indecent exposure. And I, as, as an educator, I, that's something that I see every day. That's a battle that I fight every day in, in, in the hallways of the schoolhouse. You know, son, pull your pants up. You know, if you wore a belt, you wouldn't have to hold your pants with your hands in the front. So um, I'm interested to hear what everybody else has to say about that because uh, the young man's uh, grandmother is, is having to pay $250 in court costs and fines and some other students have also been charged with indecent exposure. And according to Leslie Ballin, who's a big-name attorney on this end of the state, says that sagging pants don't constitute indecent exposure. So, you know, again, I, I'm, I did post that article, and people started weighing in. I'm going to post it again and see if we can get some more people in the discussion. You know, I can't stand it, to tell you the truth. My only thing is I have bigger fish to fry. And what I tell my young people is this, you know, one, you dress the way you want to be addressed. And in my opinion, sagging pants send a message, okay? So that that goes a long way with the respect that I have for you when I look at the respect that you have for yourself. Now, do I think it merited some jail time? I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that. That may seem a little harsh, um, 
don't know. It seems like the schools have detention anymore, or you know, <laughs> it depends on the school. You know, and, and then I didn't see the picture. I don't know if the pants were all the way down. I, I mean, I don't know what warranted indecent exposure, but we're gonna let the listeners weigh in on this. In fact, what I'm gonna do, um, I found a new little tool, and I'm gonna put a poll on there, and then. Next week, we can report out what the listeners are saying about the sagging pants. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm interested to hear because uh, that's a battle that I fight uh, along with several of my colleagues every day. And it, 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 it's disgusting to me, you know. But like right. you said, we have, bigger, we have bigger fish to fry because you think about it in terms of the, the court costs and, you know, the tying up of the legal system when – you know, we've got people who could be handling more pressing issues. Not to say that the fact that we are being subjected to young people's behind constantly is <laughs> not a pressing issue. But, right. Hey. Right. Well, look, I want to move on um, to another story. Back in November, and I didn't really know it was breaking news at this time, but I shared some information about police misconduct and the number of corrupt officers in the country. And so the information that I came across that I had shared on that show was that hundreds of officers have lost their licenses due to sexual misconduct. And the stories that were shared by the victims were, you know, just frightening. It was unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. according to an article from the GRIO, there was a year-long investigation of sexual misconduct by U.S. law enforcement officers. And it uncovered over a thousand officers who had lost their badges in over a six-year period for various accounts of sexual assault. And it's actually believed that this is an undercount because it only represents officers that licenses were revoked and not all states do that. So while I shared this information, I also came across an article about a Springfield police officer accused of various accounts of sexual misconduct. Well, this story was actually the beginning of the demise of Daniel Holtzclaw who was recently in the news as he was convicted of rape. There were a total of 13 victims. All were African-American. And when I caught a glimpse of the trial on the news, there he was crying like a baby. And you know, I thought to myself, after listening to these women on trial, which I have that on my webpage as well, he's sitting there crying, knowing what he'd done to all these women. And I just can't believe he didn't think he was going to get caught. And from what I read, that was only part of uh, the number of women that he had assaulted. So, like you said, clearly he, he, he had to have known that he was going to get caught eventually. That's probably why he was sitting up there crying like a baby, because he wasn't ready for those 263 years that he got. Right, right. You know what I really wanted to say is he was crying like something else, rhymes with Trump, starts with a P, but uh, he, right. you know... You know how that goes. But in this story, I want to bring back up again attention to the plight of African-American women when it comes to law enforcement as well. I know that we've seen a lot, and we've even talked about it, stories about police brutality and such toward our young African-American males. But we can remember Sandra Bland and others, and they're suffering at the hands of police misconduct as well. So I just want to bring that back up. And I remember that hashtag, you okay, sis? And I think that actually had to do with cat calling. But also, you know, women are just um, under fire and under target as well. So I don't want us to forget about them while we're all in our movements, so to speak. So 
Black Lives Matter regardless of the gender, male or female. That, that is correct. So, Jay, before we leave today, did you have anything else for us in trending news? Well, a couple of other things on lighter notes. We finally found out the name of Kim and Kanye's baby. I know we were speculating on what they were going to name the new baby. We find out that the baby's name is Saint. Saint West. Okay. So, of course, it got hit with the infamous J side eye. And, you know, <laughs> I immediately, yeah, I'm like, okay, Saint West, for real. So here's my thing. This child better live up to his name. And knowing who his parents are, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Because you know how a lot of people say sometimes when you give a child a biblical name, I hope that this child lives up to his name because knowing who his parents are, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a challenge when you got uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West uh, as your parents. I'm really interested to see if this child is really going to be a saint. So, now. Uh, well, you know, they say nothing fall far from the tree. So, I predict yeah. that the likelihood of this young man living up to his name isn't great. But I just think it's odd altogether. It, it is really odd. You've got Northwest and St. West and Kim and Kanye. So I, I'm pretty sure there's never a dull moment in that household. But um, last thing that I wanted to bring up was about this grandmother in Athens, Tennessee. I saw this on your page as well. There was an 81-year-old woman in Athens who was involved in a fight in Athens Park. And it said that the fight happened after an ongoing Facebook dispute. Here we go again with Facebook. Social media. My question is, who was beefing on Facebook? Okay. She's 81. Right. So if, if Nana is beefing on Facebook, then we got a problem. <laughs> Big Mama Big Mama got her Facebook account and she done, she done went in. Baby, if she has a Facebook account, I am going to be done. Because all, <laughs> all I can think about is my grandmother, you know, who y'all read about on Sundays. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I need them to do better in Athens. Surely there's something else to do in Athens, Tennessee, besides grandma being on Facebook, keeping up drama, and they fighting in the park. Yeah, that, I, I did see that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. You know, it caught my attention. Especially when they put a picture up. I was thinking, what did she do? But uh, somebody got stabbed. Yeah. So what are they fighting about? Well, I was three generations of them. Her, her daughter, the granddaughter. I mean, they were at it. Oh, my gosh. This <laughs> is the absolute most. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we're just going to keep them lifted in prayer. Yeah, where's my prayer list? Let me put her on here. <laughs> let me put Donald Trump on here. <laughs> let me see. Let me, let me add Kim, Kanye, St. Noah. <laughs> Um, all the rest, all the rest of them, and everybody in the everywhere. Amen. Well, it's been great, and I've enjoyed Jay's way. Can't wait to next week, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. All right. And now let's turn our attention to the Crazy Chronicles and welcome back Pam Campbell. How are you? I'm good, T. How you doing? I am doing well. So, what stories do you have for us today out of the Crazy Chronicles? Okay, the first crazy story is coming from Seattle, Washington. The 73-year-old man gets stopped for a minor traffic stop. His lights were out. He's driving with his lights out. Okay. So the officer pulls him over, you know, and uh, goes to the to his window, you know, tells him his lights out. He's going to write him a minor citation. 
get his information, goes back to the car, comes back to the window to give him his citation. Okay, so the officer comes back to the window with the minor traffic citation, and lo and behold, the 73-year-old man is snorting cocaine. While the officer is there? While the officer is there. The officer actually has heard on his video cam saying, are you kidding me? You are really going to snort cocaine in front of me? And the 73-year-old, let's keep in mind he's 73. First of all, why is he out late night? And two, why is he snorting cocaine? Exactly. <laughs> so he says, no, but I don't want to go to jail. So what turned into a minor traffic citation turned into a real charge. Bless his heart. Let me ask you this. I'm confused with the part of him snorting the cocaine and saying he doesn't want to go to jail. Yeah, I think he was just he was just confused. Poor little old man. He they need to take him back to Shady Acres because <laughs> he obviously didn't know where he was or what he was doing. So he was trying to get rid of the evidence. He was trying to get rid of evidence that he didn't even know that existed. He had to be he had to smoke a blunt before that because he got real paranoid. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> I said people are people are crazy, which takes me to my next story. And so this is gonna, you know, eliminate the myth that black men don't spend time with their children. Because okay. this black man spent time with his child. In fact, they work together. You know, and that's fine and dandy. But the kicker is that they stole forty one thousand dollars worth of chicken from their employer. Say what? What they were doing was calling their supplier and ordering all this chicken and then selling it on the street to different people. Come across the undercover cops and then they're in jail. Where did they steal the chicken from? They were stealing the chicken from the supplier. They were calling the wholesaler, ordering all this chicken for oh. the restaurant. And the restaurant had no account of 41000 They weren't doing, serving that many chicken dinners. <laughs> And this is in a six-month span. So, but the funny thing is, I'm thinking, okay, they got all these chicken wings out on the street, and then I get a event invite from the Magnolia Cafe. Said they starting back up wing night. <laughs> you know, so I get that invite also. I'm gonna have to call Grandma Pit and ask him. You know, did you get some of that chicken? <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to post it because you know people. You know, sometimes getting that feelings when you post different stuff. You know, you know how it is. You don't intentionally mean to offend anyone, but sometimes people just take it the wrong way. You're right. And speaking of social media and taking it the wrong way and taking it too far, I think that there needs to be some type of course or some rules of social media etiquette are things that are appropriate to post and not. And I'm going to tell you right now, Pam, because you know how I am. If I see things on my page that don't go along with my character or that I don't like, you know, I'll delete it. Yes, ma'am. The delete button is very powerful, and I suggest people use it. There's, They have freedom to use it. And if someone offends them, they can use it. However, I don't think they should get so offended off of everything because everything isn't about them. Some people are so self-centered and so self-conscious that they see a post, they get offended thinking that somebody's trying to throw stones or throw some shade and it has nothing to do with them. But you know, I also say if the shoe fits, 
that's up to you. Yes, and, and a hit dog will holler. What you say? You know, yeah, I mean, about people putting all their business out there. Yeah, they and they put other people's business out there. You know, it, they have a problem with with you know with somebody, and then they'll put you know their business out there. Some that they have you know confided in them, and then it's a big mess. People want to meet up and fight and all that. It just took a turn for the for the worst at times. But like you said. Why not just delete or block them if you really don't want, or just scroll past it? I mean, I don't agree with everything I see. Right. But I don't go in there trying to debate people about their thoughts or anything like that. Some people just intentionally come and just be argumentative about something you posted. And it distinctly says, what's on your mind? Exactly. So this may be on my mind. You don't have to agree with what's on my mind. You can either scroll past, you can delete, block. I mean, you really don't have to. You don't really don't have to put up with. Why get mad over something so simple as something someone posts? When it doesn't have to be all of that, you know. I like Facebook. I, I love social media actually, but I like it for entertainment. I like staying informed, and most of all, I like staying connected. It's a way to really stay in touch with my friends, see what's going on, you know. But all the rest of that foolishness, I, I'm just not understanding, and I can see it more so with the teenagers. But when you have grown people, our age, I'm talking about real grown, that continue to, you know, engage in that type of activity, I think it's ridiculous. I think they should be banned. Yeah, I just, you know, people have, you know, have come for me on social media, but I'd be like, who sent you? (laughs) I'm not going to go back and forth with anybody on any social network for two and three hundred comments. Right. That would never happen. They say something, I'll be like, well, okay. You know, that that's it. I'm not you know, I'm not gonna not gonna do that because, you know, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem relevant to me to be going back and forth for days and days. You look at posts and you'd be like, That's still talking about the same thing. It's just, it's just not that serious to me. I like it for entertainment, I like to be connected like you said. You know, I enjoy it though. People take it to the next level and if and if you're going at somebody, make sure that you are using correct English using correct verb and subject make sure you are using periods exclamation points question marks because sometimes you see people's rant and it'd be one big complete run on sentence you know what that's a big pet peeve of mine also i mean people go on and they gonna spit out all of this philosophy and all of that and i can't even get past the fact that most of it's misspelled like you said you see the run on sentences now typo is one thing but sometimes I can see blatant, overt, lack of knowledge of correct English. Doesn't Facebook, everybody's phone have spell check? Well, I'm trying to figure out what they think that big red line under the word means. I understand that there are various levels of education. But if you know that you are not, you know, elevated in the area of English, let's just say that. Yes. Then don't try to get on there and put a whole, you know, dissertation about something. <laughs> but particularly, don't try to go in on somebody. Yes, yeah, so that's what they'll do. They'll come for you. You'll be like, what did they just say? And they'll, you got, you got to go if you're going. I can't, I can't read that. I'm not going to sit there and try to cipher everything that you you post. I just can't do it. It's too stressful. Yeah, and like you said, you know, the, the intent, obviously, of this conversation isn't to offend anybody, 
But it's just to ask people to be a little more careful, a little more cautious with their posts on social media. Because for one, you know, a lot of employers will go on to social media accounts to um, check out a future candidate, kind of see what their character is about, you know, learn more about that person before they hire them. And I just think that people need to be aware of putting themselves out there like that. Yeah, and they will find you. They don't care if your name is Tamika Big Booty Superstar 99.com. They will find you. You know, <laughs> you I don't are. even want to get into some of the names that I see out there that I know aren't on a birth certificate anywhere, but you know, that's their business too. Try to touch base on that next week. Well, as always, I thank you for joining me for the Crazy Chronicles, and I can't wait to see what you have for us next week. And I can't wait to tell it. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Recently, I came across an article on the daily8.com listing things to say to your kids every day. Number one, just try it. Number two, you always have a choice. Number three, you are safe. Number four, you make me happy. Number five, I believe in you. Number six, have a good day. Number seven, everyone makes mistakes. And number eight, I love you. Try to add these phrases into your conversation with your kids or even someone else's kids every day. Well, like it or not, it's time to stop. But stay engaged by visiting www talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook and Twitter. You can also subscribe to Talking With T Daily and get the scoop on trending news. I recently joined Periscope, so stay tuned for live talks and more opportunities to talk with T. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement, or destructively using words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Yehuda Berg. Remember where you heard the word. Keep the peace until next week. You've been talking with T.